Yeah, the reading this morning is from uh, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you. Do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. There was a Methodist pastor uh, who was having a conversation with a a Baptist pastor uh, about baptism and how uh, people baptise people because in the Methodist church, uh, they just sprinkle a little bit of water on people and in the Baptist church, uh, they go for the full immersion. And uh, the Methodist pastor, he says to the Baptist pastor, if I immerse somebody just up to his ankles, is that enough? No, says the Baptist pastor. How about, says the uh, Methodist pastor, if I baptise them up to their knees? No, says the Baptist pastor. How about this, says the Methodist minister? How about if I baptise them up to the shoulders? No, says the Baptist minister. You mean I've got to get the water over the top of his head That's right, said the Baptist pastor. Good, says the Methodist minister. That proves that it's the top of the head that's the important part to get wet, and that's what we do. (laughs) Well, it isn't what we do. (laughs) It isn't what we do. And uh, this morning, what we want to do is uh, is shed a little bit of light uh, on what it means to baptise people. We want to shed a little bit of light on what it means to baptise. I mean, why would anybody in their right mind uh, get into a large bath with their clothes on in front of a, a large group of people and allow a Baptist minister to dunk them under the water? Why would anybody do that? Well, that's what we want to uh, explore uh, this morning. And the first thing that I want to say uh, about uh, baptism this morning is that uh, it's, a, it's, it's a bit like uh, a spiritual bath. Baptism, it's like a, a spiritual bath. Uh, John uh, says uh, that I baptise you with water for repentance. I baptise you with water for repentance. Um, when we're baptising people, uh, it is a little bit like having a bath. Because one of the things that people are doing is having, uh, is, is symbolically showing uh, that just as water washes off our dirt on our physical bodies, uh, there's a sense in which Jesus washes away our sins in our spiritual bodies. It's a spiritual bath. I don't know about you, but uh, there's nothing quite like a bath. You know, you fill the bath up with, uh, with nice hot water, and uh, it is quite warm, uh, this water. I'm just checking. It was warm at 9 o'clock this morning. I'll just, I'll just check. It was still, still 
Um, I don't know about you. Who likes who? Who's a bath person rather than a shower person? I, I like to soak in a bath. You know, I like to to get the bubbles going, and uh, you know, maybe even a, a, a scented candle. Now, if this sounds all a bit girly for some of you, uh, let me tell you this. Rob Warner says, in the last 30 or 40 years, uh, they've seen an acceleration boom in cosmetics for British men. In the 50s and 60s, and some of you will remember this, uh, using deodorant was extremely radical. And then came along Henry Cooper, the great heavyweight boxer, promoting all-over body wash. These days, there's vigorous attempts to persuade men to follow women in the art of exfoliating and moisturising. Cosmetic adverts used to target women. Do you remember the the impulse advert, you know, uh, the woman squares a bit of impulse on and suddenly men come running out of everywhere with bunches of flowers? Well, now, of course, it's the the lynx effect. At this point, I I was going to try and show you a video of a a Lynx advert, but I looked at a few and I thought they were a bit too risky for a Sunday morning. So so we've just got this, uh, the Lynx effect. You've seen the advert, haven't you? Don't believe everything you see on the television. But I'll tell you something that does work. Something that does work is the Jesus effect. And our friends who are getting baptised this morning, uh, they've had the Jesus effect. Jesus has affected their lives so much so that they want to go through this spiritual bath. They want to acknowledge that their sins have been washed away uh, because they've experienced that Jesus effect which changes people's lives, uh, washes people clean. So, uh, baptism, is, is, it's a spiritual bath. You like that, don't you? You like that idea of a bath. You might not like this second point so much. The second thing I think baptism is, is it, it, it's a burial. Sounds a bit serious, doesn't it? Uh, we don't really talk about death very much, do we? Uh, we don't like to think about it very much, do we? Uh, we imagine that we're going to go on forever and ever. But uh, baptism, it is in, 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 in some sense very much like a, a burial. Uh, you know, if I was to hold these people a little bit too long uh, under the water, uh, eventually they would stop breathing. I assure you that no one has ever been hurt when I've baptised them so far. Um, but it is a bit risky, isn't it? A bit risky. You see, we kept it covered while the children was in, just in case. Uh, so it is a bit like, uh, it's, it's like a burial. And Paul, um, writing uh, in his letter to the Romans, he says this, Don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus, Jesus were baptised into his death? Uh, when we're baptising people, it is a symbolic thing. We are baptising people. They go under the water, which symbolises somebody dying. Uh, but we don't hold them under the water for so long that they actually die. We bring them back out again. That's the good news. That's the bit you will like. And, and Paul goes on to say in, in, uh, in Romans, uh, that's just a, a little example of what's going to happen. Uh, even looks a bit like me, doesn't it? <laughs> Paul goes on to say in Romans, uh, in Romans 6 and verse 4, he says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You see, when Jesus died, 
uh, he came back to life again in the resurrection. We celebrated that at Easter. And there's a sense in which what we're doing here this morning is symbolically recognising that we are identifying and entering into Jesus' death and resurrection when we go through the waters of baptism. We are dying to our old self and taking on a new self in Jesus Christ. So is it a little bit like a burial? It's a little bit like dying to something. And the sense in which Dave and Jane are dying to an old way of life and are saying that they're going to have a new way of life. So it, baptism, it's, a, it's like a spiritual bath. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a burial. And uh, it, it is a new beginning. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? It's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. They come out of the waters all fresh and, and clean. And of course, uh, the first thing that will happen, what's the first thing that will happen when they come out of the water? Anybody? They'll have an enormous smile. Thank you, Ben. We hope they'll have an enormous smile on the face. I did, I did baptize one person and I, and you always forget, I always forget things and I, and I forgot to say, you know, keep your mouth closed when you go under. And uh, they were so excited that they went under with their mouth open and came back coughing and spluttering and uh, there was no smile on the face, unfortunately, Ben. But I'm sure there'll be a smile on the people's face. I was thinking something perhaps a bit later than that that they will do. Uh, they'll probably, uh, have a change of clothes. You brought a change of clothes. I did remember to tell you to bring a change of clothes, didn't I? Yeah. Dave nearly forgot his towel, but he's got his change of clothes. That's great. Change of clothes. Now, those of you who know, will know me, I, I'm always changing my clothes. It drives my wife mad. Uh, sometimes on, on a Sunday, if we've got a service in the evening, I might change as, as, as many as, uh, as three times because, you know, I like to dress for the occasion. So I'm, I'm always kind of changing what I wear. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I brought a change of clothes with me uh, this morning Uh, and Paul again talks about uh, this idea of change he says since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and in the image of its creation so just as they are taking off their wet clothes and putting on new clothes In Jesus Christ, we're taking off our old self and we're putting on a new self, which is Jesus, because we believe that Jesus lives in us and that he changes us. So the change of clothes, even the change of clothes, kind of represents something. It's putting on new, fresh clothes. And so that we can live more like uh, Jesus, this new beginning. Again, Paul talks about it in in Colossians. He, He says... In, uh, in Colossians 3 and verse 12, he says, clothe yourselves. You see, Jesus clothes us with spiritual things, with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Now, one of the things that very often happens in a baptismal class is that some case, is that sometime during the baptismal class, one of the candidates, and it happened this time, and it nearly always happens, someone will say, I don't think I'm good enough to be baptised. I don't feel as if I'm good enough. And the whole point of baptism isn't that you are good enough. The point of baptism is that you have decided, you've made a decision to follow Jesus. And Jesus clothes us with these compassion and kindness and humility and gentle patience, but it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, some of us are still working on some of these things, 
10, 15, 20 years after accepting Jesus into our lives. Uh, we're not the finished article. And we are not perfect. Uh, we make mistakes and we continue to make mistakes. We get things wrong. And we continue to get things wrong. But we are being clothed. We are attempting to follow Jesus in everything that we are doing. So the people are getting baptized this morning are not saying, hey, we've arrived, we're perfect. They're just saying that they have decided, they've made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. And gradually, Jesus changes us. And just as we change our clothes and we look smarter and better, gradually Jesus molds us into the people that he wants us to be. And so it is, it's a new beginning. And for Dave and Jane this morning, it is a new beginning. They are saying that they are beginning again in many senses. Uh, sometimes we use this term, don't we, that we're born again. And uh, Jesus explained that to Nicodemus, one of the uh, Jewish leaders, when he, when he talks about what it means to be born again. And he talks about uh, being born by the Spirit of God. And uh, that's what's going to happen this morning. So it's like taking a, a spiritual bath. It's a burial. It's a new beginning. And it's a sign of belonging. Baptism is a sign and symbol of belonging. When, uh, when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan by John, they had that conversation. John didn't think it was right for him to be baptized. And Jesus says, no, no. Uh, just baptize me for the time is, is, is right. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. The Spirit of God fell on Jesus in baptism. Jesus didn't need to be baptized because he had sinned or done anything wrong, but he still went through the waters of baptism as an example for us to follow, but also as a symbolic thing when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. If you were to read on straight after uh, Jesus' baptism, he goes out into the wilderness and is tempted by the devil, but he's been equipped because he's been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was on him and he was able to resist the temptation because he was full of the Holy Spirit of God. So, it is... Uh, a sign of belonging. And of course, uh, then a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Good Lancashire phrase that, isn't it? I'm well pleased. God says to Jesus, I am well pleased with you because you're being obedient to my will. You're following what I want to do. And the sense in which God is saying to Jane and to Dave this morning, I'm well pleased with you. Did you know that? That God is pleased with you because you are following the example of what Jesus told his disciples to do. And God is pleased with us. Most of the time we've got this idea in our minds that God isn't pleased with us, if, if we're honest, haven't we? That's a message a lot of people receive, that God isn't pleased with us. And yet in Jesus' baptism, we hear those wonderful words. This is my son. He belongs to me. And I'm well pleased with him. And Jesus says the same thing to sons and daughters this morning. That if you decide to follow Jesus, you belong to him. And that he is well pleased with you. So if you want to please God this morning, 
If you want to please Jesus this morning, all you have to do is to follow him, is to accept Jesus into your life. And if you haven't already done that, I would encourage you to seriously consider accepting Jesus this morning. There'd be people who would love to chat with you about that and pray with you. You can accept Jesus here and now. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have everything sorted. You just have to have that willingness to receive Jesus and to attempt to follow him. And you can do that right here and right now this morning, if you so wish. It's as easy as that. It's as simple as that. So baptism is a sign of belonging. Belonging to God. Sometimes people can't make their mind up, can they? Um, there's a sense in which in baptism, uh, in belonging to God, it's a little bit like going through a marriage ceremony. I'm going to ask the candidate some questions. And they're going to respond by saying, I do. When I say, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? They're going to respond by saying, I do. It's a bit like a wedding. And of course, Jesus is the bride. The, the, in Revelation, it talks about Jesus being the bride, uh, the, the husband and the church being the bride. And there's a sense in which we need to make a decision. And there may be people here this morning that need to make a decision. Jane and Dave had made the decision. They're going to make a public stand. They're going to testify to the fact that they have decided to follow Jesus. I wonder this morning whether there's people here who are still sitting on the fence, who haven't made that decision to follow Jesus. So baptism, what we're doing is trying to shed a little bit of light on what it means to be baptised. And uh, in baptism, what we're saying is it's a, it's a spiritual bath, going in the waters, uh, symbolically having our sins washed away. It's a, it's a burial. We're dying to our old self and taking on our, our new identity in Jesus Christ. It's a new beginning. Uh, a new life starts today as we come up out of the waters of baptism. It's a fresh start. And you too can have a fresh start this morning. And it's a sign of belonging. Uh, we belong to Jesus. And very often when people are being baptised, the next step of commitment is to start to think about having becoming a member of the church, identifying with a particular group of people in a particular place and saying, I want to commit myself not only to Jesus, but to this group of God's people here. And that's what we encourage people to do. So that's what baptism is about. It's a spiritual bath, it's a burial, it's a new beginning, and it's a sign of belonging. If you want to uh, identify with what's happening here this morning, if you want to take that step of faith, then you can do that. People are here this morning and they're willing to pray with you. Uh, Do consider uh, making a decision today for Jesus. Good morning. Thank you all for being here this morning. My story is not a flashbang testimony. At church in America a little while ago, the speaker began by telling us he'd been a prisoner for 11 years in the notorious San Quentin jail. We didn't learn what his crime was, or if he'd seen a Johnny Cash concert, but he had an interesting past. 
I have a letter written to my dear parents on the eve of their marriage in 1934 by the vicar's wife at Catterick Village. She says, I believe this will be one of the marriages made in heaven for you're both followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take him as the ruler of your lives and of your house and serve him through thick and thin. So it was, and I was lucky enough to be brought up in a very loving family with Christian values. As an Air Force family, we moved every two and a half years, didn't much go to church. There was some Sunday school and scripture lessons at school, and I've never doubted and always prayed. Nine years ago, when our first grandchild was born, and they lived across the road from Lum Baptist, I looked after him and brought him to toddler group here. Jennifer and Catherine were so welcoming, and I thank them for soon inviting me to a small group. Nick and I would go to East Valley Christian Fellowship in California when we visited my sister Gillian and her husband Dave, whose love and support has been such a blessing. We then felt moved to come along to Lum on Sundays. I had so much to learn and prayerfully asked for guidance on the path to Jesus. My prayers are answered in the fellowship here and in the rock, which is the loving house group to which Ros and Peter invited us. I have yet so much to learn. I'll always be the one still searching for the Bible passage when the final blessing is given. But in James chapter 1 verse 5, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I thank God, I thank Richard, and all who have given their time for the Alpha course and the baptismal course. And in Acts 22, verse 16, Ananias, speaking to Paul, whose own past was definitely interesting, says, Now, why do you delay? Get up, be baptized, and have your sins washed away, calling on his name. Here I am, Lord. Thanks, Jane. Thank you. And now Dave's going to come and uh, tell something of his story. Thanks, Dave. Before I came to Lund Baptist Church, I must admit I never really gave church a second thought. I couldn't understand how people believed so much in something they couldn't really see. There were even times that I gave Lizzie a hard time over it all. I just wasn't interested. But even though I dismissed it so easily to start with, something inside me made me start to think about it. So I decided I would stay on the fence for this one. Lizzie didn't give up on me though, and she kept praying for me and inviting me to the Alpha courses. The first one I remember started me thinking a little, but then nothing came of it. More recently, I was invited to my second course, where I started to sit up and take more notice. After hearing about it and hearing other people's experiences, I decided I would get off the fence and step out in faith and trust and believe in Jesus. My journey had now started, and as I want my journey to continue, the next step is to get baptised in water, so here I am. Okay, I'm going to invite the towel holders now to come and uh, I think they've got a Bible passage that they'd like to, uh, to bring to uh, the uh, baptismal candidates. I'm going to ask them to do that now. Um, I've got two scriptures for Jane. 
Um, the first one is from Psalm 46, and it's verse 1. You know, we, when we go through our lives, we don't just go through good times, we go through difficult times as well. But God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. God is your refuge and strength, of ever-present help for you. And the next scripture is just is from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. It's a priestly blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you. And give you his peace. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. John 8 verses 36. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. On the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter proclaimed the good news of God and called his hearers to repent and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. Following in that tradition, we baptise those whom Jesus Christ has led to repentance and new life in faith in him.